Hello, this is Michael Zuber, and I wanted to thank you for choosing to spend a little time with one rental at a time. My life's mission is to help investors close 1 million rental properties. In order to tackle this crazy goal, I will need your help. If you like this episode or any of the content we produce, please share it on social media. If you get one of my books or perhaps one of our 500 cards, please take a selfie and tag one rental at a time. Now on with the show. We are going live. Here's we are live. So we are live now, Matt um, and Mike. And when you see this on YouTube, it will be 30 second delayed. So you want to be watching the Zoom. In other words, we're going to be talking to our past selves. <laughs> very, very cool, folks. Uh, what I want to do here is, again, this is an opportunity for the audience to ask what I call deep dive questions. Uh, the topic of the day for both of you is going to be self-management. Uh, it's, you know, I'm going to play kind of host because I do not self-manage. Uh, I haven't ever self-managed, whether we had one house on Norris Drive in 2002 or a portfolio of nearly 200 self-management was never a part of it. Too far away. Um, don't want to do it. Don't want my tenants to know who I am. Just all of those things. But both of you do it. So uh, please, folks, leave comments and questions about self-management. Uh, we're going to riff here for 15 or 20 minutes as you put in your comments. We're going to go somewhere between 60 and 90 minutes. Uh, I will pull up your comments in about 20 or 30 minutes. Uh, where we will start answering those. So, uh, Matt, why don't we start with you? You started self-management first. Uh, talk about why you made that decision. Was there ever a decision not to self-manage? Uh, what are you thinking, man? Self-management's horrible. <laughs> Some days it is. <laughs> but on the first of the month, when I have no deductions for property management, it's the best day of the month. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I've been doing it for 20 years. Um, the, the goal to self-manage was always based on affordability. In the very beginning, I knew I was going to do the work myself. I needed to learn it. I wanted to understand it. And I couldn't do that if somebody else was doing the work for me. Mm -hmm. And so I really wanted to understand that way. It was never the goal of never property management. It was Certainly not now. I need to learn all the things, learn all the processes, learn what I like to do, learn how I like to do it, the 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 pros and cons to literally everything that I did. Mm -hmm. um, YouTube University wasn't a thing then. Yeah. And so it was really learning and understanding all those things. So I could then someday, potentially, maybe when I do pass it off to somebody else, I would actually know how to judge them and okay. grade them. Yeah. So these are the, this is the way I do it. This is the way I want it done. Um, and then now over doing it over 20 years, I realized that there's no property management firm out there that does it as well as I do. So I'm just going to have to open up my own property management firm mm -hmm. and be my own biggest customer. Yeah. So I created another job for myself. So I had to retire from my previous job, my current job. So you're going to be still not job. retired, not retired. Yeah. So what I'll, what we'll end up doing is, is that I'll be able to um, kind of, uh, to a certain degree, not nearly as big, obviously mm. um, I will be able to, because businesses and Dion can speak to this even better than I can. Um, businesses are really a set it's people, but it's a set of processes mm -hmm. and understanding how to manage through those process and manage people through those processes. 
Right. And so knowing what processes work with 20 years experience, Mm -hmm. um, onboarding people, offboarding people, evictions, you name it, we've done it. Mm -hmm. Uh, We've seen the worst of the worst and the best of the best. This Mm -hmm. gives us the opportunity to then essentially hire people into those positions and then manage people as to their execution on, on the given items, you know, and the given processes that we've already laid out and put in place. Yeah. Gotcha. All right, Dion, uh, you often go by the lazy landlord. I think your bigger pockets thing was lazy. And then I hear you self-manage and I'm like, (laughs) no, that's uh, those two words don't go together. How can you be lazy and self-manage? I don't get it. Okay. If I was growing a portfolio of hundreds of units, it would make sense to have a property manager. But with 16 rental units, it takes me about two hours a month counting everything. Like I can't find something that would take more than that. So no, no, hold on, hold on, hold on. Two hours a month, 16. Finding the next deal takes more than two hours a month. Okay. All right. So the investing is is time because it's, that's the growth, right? Mm -hmm. But at 16, the number of texts, the number of emails, the times I've gone to sign a lease totaled out over the year were less than 24 hours. Far Okay. So I get, I buffer it two hours a month. But okay. that's not the reason why. Okay. I, I am very lazy. But if you ask most investors that invest in buy and hold real estate and you said, why don't you invest in syndications? Why do you keep buying rentals? Most investors would say, I like the control. Mm. So okay. why do you self-manage? I like the control. A property owner and a property management company are at odds. The owner doesn't want turnover because it's expensive. The property management company, most of them, part of their their money-making business is tenant turnover. We get a full month's rent, half a month's rent. So even just negotiating the renewal for next year's lease is very clinical with most property management companies. Mm -hmm. Here's the new rent. I'll be like, yeah, if they even say that, because they want the turnover because that's part of their business model to make money. And there's the hidden cost of if I send my handyman out there, I can say, send me the receipts for what you bought. I know I'm going to pay this amount for the lights or whatever. The property management company is going to send the handyman, going to upcharge for the materials, going to upcharge for the handyman's fee. And there's a an analogy I've made with the, the credit card. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'll take like two, just a quick minute sure. to explain Go that. I run a company, ran a company until a month ago. Nah. And if we sold something for $100,000 and somebody used a credit card to pay for it, we would pay a 3% credit card fee. Oh, wow. So we'd lose $3,000 on a $100,000 um, sale. Not bad. For the convenience of using the credit card, we get $97,000. The credit card company makes their money. But the profit margin for companies isn't 100%. Yeah. So if your profit margin was 20%, you sell a $100,000 item, you're going to make 20 grand. That 3% isn't of 20,000. It's of the 100,000. So when people right. say, I have property management, only cost me 10% a month of gross rents, mm-hmm. which is 20 plus percent of your profit, Right. And so that 3% out of 20,000 would be $3,000 leaving us with 17. We would lose 15% of our profit. That's what's happening with property management. But with a, si- a portfolio the size of yours, you have two options. You can have a property management company for any probably, I think you've said two to four hours a month or somewhere in there, somewhere close to mine, mm-hmm. or grow a company like Matt. Yeah. You're creating another job. That wouldn't work for me. Yeah. So Someday I might have a property manager and it's going to be one that doesn't charge a fee to place tenants. 
And it's going to be one that probably doesn't like me because I'm going to want control over too many things that a, that a property owner doesn't usually have. Mm-hmm. So I don't know that I will ever have property management. Well, there's a couple of things I just want to highlight, kind of just mean the other side of this. First off, you guys are absolutely right. Um, so I've had property management from day one. Uh, a, you know, the last seven or eight years, certainly seven years, I've spent more than 10,000 bucks a month on property management fee. That's just comes off the top. Right. And for both of you gentlemen, that's profit, right? It certainly look at it that way. The other thing that you're both are dead on is, you know, every service call, every fee, I'm sure I'm being upcharged. I'm sure there's, I don't know, a couple of thousand dollars a month that if I was running the show, if, if they wouldn't be spent probably. Yeah. So, you know, certainly managing your own stuff. Nobody will do it like you. Um, I think it's amazing, Dion, you could do it in a couple hours. Matt, you have a portfolio that's, what, six, seven X that? How many hours do you spend? And you're doing some turnover. So I'm, I'm guessing you, you're spending a hell of a lot more than two hours even a week. Yeah. So, so last year, and so typically we're kind of in line with Dion's numbers when mm-hmm. we're not doing the level of acquisition that we are. Yeah, you've had a busy year. Yeah. yeah. So the last two years, that was one of the things that we saw the most was the biggest kind of time explosion for us. Of course. Yeah. Was, you know, we went, we did 10 deals last year. We did seven this year. Wow. And so we had, you know, I would say with our, you know, so those 17 deals represented probably, uh, probably 50 units, I would mm-hmm. guess, probably mm-hmm. 50, 55 units. Yeah. And so those 55 units are very busy. It's onboarding, it's offboarding, it's eviction, it's all, it's a lot. That's a right. lot. Right. But we buy when the defense tells us to buy. Right. So we bought a lot, but that completely skewed the numbers to the negative. Mm-hmm. So last year, um, last year we had probably uh, all totaled, we probably had over a thousand hours in management. Okay part-time job, yeah, you know, 20 hours, yeah. 20 plus hours a week. Yeah. So we had a part-time job onboarding and offboarding and all the crazy stuff that goes with that. This year, we're probably going to have about the same mm-hmm. next year. It's not going to be anywhere near that. It's yeah, going we- to be, it's going to be way back down. Cause I look at it. And so we did a review. Uh, we did a review with one of the property maintenance guys that I use mm-hmm. and out of the 121 units, mm-hmm. there are 87 that he's not been to since October. Which is more standard. Yes. You just got heavy lift because of your acquisition spree. Correct. Makes total sense. Yeah. Well, here's a question I wanted to ask both of you. As you both know, I invest two and a half hours away. Yeah. In a market I have never lived in, never spent the night in, didn't know anybody when we started. Uh, both of you, I think all of your units are within hours drive, if not less. Is that fair? 20 minutes. 20 minutes. Hour, Yeah. Yeah. Is there a point, like if you were at two and a half hours away, would that be too far for you to self-manage? Yes. Okay. A thousand percent. Yeah. yeah. There's some, yeah. there's some number. In all honesty, Mike, I would move. That's what yeah. I did. Yeah. No, I'm not joking. I would. I did. So the first place where I started doing properties mm-hmm. was about an hour and 15 minutes from where I live now. Okay. I lived about 15 minutes from that place. Okay. When I realized that's not my market, I don't want to be there. That's not where I'm going to grow. I've changed markets. Yeah. At that time, 
I was about 45 minutes to an hour away from where I was going to start investing. Okay. But the reason I picked that was because A, I wanted to invest there, but B, I was like, yeah, I can totally live there too in one of those few towns. Nice. Okay. Um, but that was the that was the flip switch for me because I didn't when I, when we moved and I had made up my mind that I just wanted to not sell those other prop or not not uh, continue to invest in that area. Mm-hmm. The problem that I had, I couldn't sell the properties. Ah, yeah. It was 2011, 2012. Yeah. I couldn't sell the property. So you could have like, sold them, but they'd have been upside down. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> I'd been writing a check. That would have yes. sucked. That so, would have sucked. Yeah. So what? And they were still making money. They were just negative on the balance sheet. So yeah, of course. What what the look was for me was, you know what? I can hire somebody to manage those two properties out there, those two threeplexes, yeah. and I can build my business out here where I'm going to live. Makes perfect sense. And Dion, is there is like if you were going to look at something two or three hours away, would it default to? Because that that doesn't sound lazy to me if you're that far so, away. So there's two different ways of looking at it. Mm-hmm. If I'm investing at a new area, I would want property management boots on the ground. Okay. If I'm in an area where I've established tenants, mm-hmm. I've established handymen, I yeah. have, uh, I use Hemling, mm-hmm. or currently I'm just using the first tier where I can list properties, collect rents, that kind of stuff. But if I was going to move to Thailand and I wanted to invest here, mm-hmm. I could use Hemling to actually go sign leases. Yeah. Schedule my handyman. Like, so it's got the tiered levels of things I could do to still self-manage. I wouldn't start managing at a distance with no systems or people in place. Exactly. Right? And so, yeah, that's, that's where I thought this first part of the conversation needed to go is self-management works, but there are limitations. I think you have to yeah, be yeah. close. Yeah. I think you have to have a network. I think trying to self-manage in another state is a recipe for disaster. My opinion. Um, there's, and yes, you need system and processes in him lane. I just talked to Dana today. Um, yeah, it's it's the different levels and processes, audit trail, collecting, posting. The, the more systems and processes you can have at your disposal as a new landlord, it helps. And if you're out of state, having that network of other contractors so you don't have to guess is, is extremely valuable. Uh, so, folks, again, remember this episode is for you. Deep dive on self-management. Please put in your comments. We will get to them in a minute. Uh, I just want to talk to these guys a little bit more to set the stage. Go ahead, Dion. And if anybody watching wants to try Hemlane out, remember you can put in one rental at a time, you get 20% off. So, I mean, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. And in our course, there's a whole videos of Dana doing the day by day uh, trial. So enjoy. All right. So um, when I think about self-management, there's really three aspects that a new landlord needs to think about getting tenants, tenant criteria, Mm -hmm. collecting money, and, and or not collecting, right? Issuing notices and evictions and all of that. And then repair requests. I think those three things uh, we should talk about. Let's talk about tenant selection. We'll go to Dion first. Uh, obviously use the binder strategy at rent increase, but what do you do when you have a vacant unit? I think you have two vacant here recently. Tell us about that experience. Uh, systems. Make it as simple as possible. Up until I started recently using Hemlane, I was using a cozy.co, which was a Canadian company purchased by apartments.com um, to list the property. I wasn't collecting rents or anything on there. I've never cared or asked what anybody makes for income. Mm. I know people making millions per year that are laid on bills <laughs> because they're just scatterbrained when it comes to daily finances, but their business is doing great. I know people who have fixed incomes that have 
800 credit scores. Mm -hmm. So I don't ask or care what they make for money because anytime you require a multiplier of the rent, you know, two times 2.5 through whatever your metric is, you eliminate a lot of people who make their money through tips like bartender, waiter, mm. cosmetologist, people who can have great credit scores, but don't have the income. Interesting. I, 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 let's be very clear. My property manager is three X. So uh, that's, that's very interesting. Yeah. So in 10 years, 10 years now, mm-hmm. never one late or missing payment, not one, because I've never cared about income. People who work to protect their credit score. And now this is the thing where I'm going to lose a lot of people. <laughs> 700 period okay you show me a 695 with a reason and a good track record no it's across the board 700 i want a, a one that you uh, want to keep that high okay and i've got section eight tenants with an 831 credit score so it mm-hmm. doesn't matter what the background is or what the income is there are right. people who understand paying their bills on time and that's what i want so credit and, is important to you a number one in income yep. wow income i just feel not even this feels list. weird for me to say Credit matters. Get it. Income doesn't matter. That 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 sounds weird coming out of my mouth. Well, if I had ever had a later missing payment, I would say, well, maybe I should look for people who make more. But no, no. I, I, hey, this is your story. It's, I'm just telling I, you. It I've feels got weird a, to me. a single mother. This is not a Section Eight tenant. Single mother, two kids. Mom lives with her. She makes. She's like I think she's at nineteen an hour now. She was at like fourteen an hour when she started renting. Mm. Pays five days early every month. That's great. Okay. Like nowhere's near twice what the rent is like i don't know family helping or whatever it is child support something but so okay and then I, I go no evictions ever if somebody right. had an eviction in 1960 they learned that there's a system to steal money from an owner and to dredge it to stretch it out yeah um okay those are my only two criteria really i don't check criminal background I don't, because I, in some areas you can't. So I don't recommend doing that. Okay. Um, I do buy some places close to schools. And mm-hmm. I will say, you know, this is closer than 800 feet to a school. So make sure you're qualified to live here. Yeah. Um, especially if I have tenants with kids, that's where I'll like, I'll like to do that. Okay. I um, like it. Very simple. All right. All right uh, Matt, I'm going to guess just a wild ass guess. You do care about income. A little bit. <laughs> that, that did feel weird for me, man. I, but I, I get it. It's Dion's story. It's awesome. So yeah. what, is, what is yours? Two and a half, three? What so do you I've, got, I've got a little over 3,000 tenant years under my belt. Mm-hmm. And I have uh, nine evictions. Mm. And uh, five of them were for payment. Okay. So, From people who made multiples of your rent. Yes. 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 Yep. Yep. Five. Yep. Um, well, that's what ended up changing was they life did, happened. They, yeah. They, yeah. Life happened, lost jobs. That's what ended up happening. So that's where for me, I still look at it and say, yes, income is important to me. The other two are, um, you know, credit score. I where are you? 680. Oh, see, so yeah, I'm 680. I'm seven, I'm and the reason why that I'm 680 is because we do a lot of, um, students. Yeah. You do roommates, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. We do a lot of students and because we do students, they don't have the credit history to yeah. have 700. You probably have because some applicants that like don't have credit history. We do. Yeah. Yep. It's like, I, yep, I do. does zero count? <laughs> yep. We do. And, and in that particular case, that's okay because I know that they also have no debt. That's true. They don't have a car payment. Yeah. They don't have any other payments except for student loans. And guess what? They're in school, so they don't have to pay those. Yeah. There you go. So okay. in that case, so we're okay with, so believe it or not, having a bad credit score is much worse than having no credit score. Agreed. Yep. Agreed. Just yeah, totally, totally agree. The other thing that we really look for, and this was a new one, basically just from 2020 and on, 
mm-hmm. was uh, proof that they paid their landlord the last three rents. Oh yeah, I've done that too. Because if you do, and we don't do, we don't believe in the silliness that is a reference call. Mm, yeah, we don't believe in that silliness. That is so. that is that is a, such a junior move. It's not even funny. I agree. And so we don't believe in that silliness. And so I just want proof. I wouldn't believe you if we've never met before. I wouldn't believe you if your tongue came notarized. <laughs> Couldn't believe you. Your tongue came notarized. Yeah. And I want two forms of ID if you're paying cash. Yeah. yeah. Like ain't happening. So right. I want to see proof that you did it these times. Okay. And you get the answer. Oh, well, I pay in cash. Yeah. Uh-huh. Sure. You sure. Do. Yeah. Yeah. Next. Yeah, there's a broomstick holding up your headlight. I bet you pay in cash. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Come on. So that's the three really easy things that we do is I just like credit three X income and proof to the landlord that they've paid the last three. Yeah. And there's a couple of things that I do from running a company doing interviews. Hmm. I'm comfortable with my background going to someone's house. Right. I don't recommend everyone do that. Yeah. But I like to see how they're living in their current place because that tells me how they're going to live in mine. So if you're not comfortable doing that and you meet somewhere for lease signing or when they meet, come to do a walkthrough, look at their car. Yes. Yep. Is there a broom handle holding up the light? Is, you know, every other thing. And it can be something as small as in this state, having something hanging from your mirror means that this person is willing to break the law because that's actually an illegal thing here. Mm-hmm. And you can take all kinds of things from the car, the, the pet hair. Yeah. The, the the way that the amount of trash that's in the back seat, all of those things can be used uh, to consider how they're going to treat your property. Very cool. Well, let's close this out, folks, with my questions. Again, folks, remember, leave comments. I will go to them momentarily. Uh, put in comments, we will ask these guys self-management. So let's talk about uh, just the daily operation, which really for most folks is, is maintenance requests, right? You, you qualify a tenant, you put them in. Most of the time, you don't really hear from them, pay the rent, move on, especially single family homes. But, you know, occasionally stuff breaks, um, you know, whether it's, you know, whatever it is. How, how does that handle? Do you have a, a 800 number? They got your, do they have your personal cell? Do you have office hours? How, how do you handle self-management? Because what's one tenant thinks in an emergency you may not. So uh, Matt, we'll go to you first this time. How do you handle um, it? Yeah. So how we handle it is when any group of tenants move in or any tenant moves in, we set up the address in our phones, mine and Ashley's, mm-hmm. and, uh, and now a uh, property maintenance guy. We okay. set up all of that information where there's the three of us and then any person that's 18 or older in the okay. home, All right. they also are on that. So everything is done through that. That way you're not playing telephone. You're not playing. So, so I, mi- I missed it. What are you doing? You're setting up a group text group or text. something? Oh, yep. group text. Got it. Okay. Cell phone. Got it. So sorry. I didn't know what that was. Okay. Got it. <laughs> no, yeah. you, you, anyway, sorry. So you're setting up, a, you said address. So you're setting yes. up a group test for one, two, three main street. Yes. With the Correct. seven people in it. Yep. Okay. Got it. All right. Yep. And then everything's through that. That way it's not. Oh, did you talk to the landlord on this? Oh, this, because one of the biggest complaints I hear from other landlords is I hear about it from every single one of the kids in the house or every single one of the roommates. I'm like, set up a group text, dummy. <laughs> so just every time. So if somebody wants to say they're going to be late or the light bulb broke, group if you guys want to read group text, group text. Group text. Got, yep. oh, I like, group I like text. that. I like that. Yep. Okay. And so that way, everybody's always on the same page with exactly what's happening. The maintenance guy also sees it. Mm-hmm. And so he, you know, we can answer back, hey, Kenny, do you see that? Mm -hmm. Or, hey, Bob, do you see that? 
Right. And we can also, and sometimes he'll just pick it up and be like, yep, I got this. I'll, I'll shoot over there now. Okay. Something oh, like that. So like there's, the it, it really text. creates, yeah, this, this dynamic action. Mm-hmm. And from our perspective, I'd say if there's something that we see, that's like a, we'll have, you know, so we'll have one of our PM guys that does work for us go over and check on something that, that we get the report that it might be a quote unquote, like plumbing issue. Yeah. We'll go and he'll check on it and be like, oh yeah, that's, and, and throw something together. So I actually have a bunch, we have a couple boxes with all like the normal tools of the trade, like my product reviews, they show up and they can always fix that stuff on the spot. If it's something where it's like, you know what, Matt, this is a bigger than a bread box thing. Then instantly he'll just contact the, um, he can actually just contact the plumber and get the plumber on site. We're okay. actually upgrading and changing that in Doorloop, the, the, the PM system that we use. You can actually take a task that was assigned to you and you can assign it to another to another vendor. Fine. So he'll be able to literally just go, nope, bigger than a bread box. And he'll be able to click, yeah. assign it and click. Yeah. And then the other guy will get an email yeah. and text confirmation. Yeah, you got to you got to snake the line or you got to run a camera yep. down it or something just yeah. bigger than, you know, it's not yep. a new floaty in the toilet or something. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Very cool. So Dion, do you, uh, how do you do that? Do you do group texts as well? Or is there some other way to communicate repairs and all of that? So I've done group texts. I don't make up for everyone. That's a genius move on Matt's part. And I think naming the group text is good too. Yeah. I thought that was clever. That's yeah. for the you. The thing man. I would run into is there are people who avoid group texts and don't yes. have an iPhone. And then you have that conflict there. And sometimes you get a text back. So what I do is when I first meet the tenant, whether it's I'm purchasing um, tenants, a property with tenants in place, mm-hmm. or I'm placing a tenant, we have the, the educational conversation of this is what constitutes a phone call, okay. the three words. If the conversation is going to have fire, flood, or blood anywhere in the sentence, yes. you just call me. Call me. Maybe after you call 911. Like yeah, I can exactly. Be the second phone call, <laughs> yeah, right? it's okay if I'm second. Yeah. Right. And but everything else should be done through email unless you're comfortable with text you can text me if they text me and it's something that i think will be in a future conversation possibly in court i move it back to email because our state texts are not admissible okay emails are so i want to make sure that those kind of communications happen through email most conversations like 80 plus percent are done through text and very rarely so when I first meet a tenant, I only give them my information. They're going mm-hmm. to contact me for any problems because I want to educate them on what is a service call, what is something to let us know in an email to add to a future service call. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if there's a drawer that doesn't close all the way, we're not going to send someone out at 10 o'clock at night. But the next time they're out there for something, they're yeah. going to fix that drawer. Yeah. Right. So that kind of education happens through me until they've interacted with my handyman maybe once or twice. Okay. Then I have a conversation with the three of us saying, Everything that's less than a couple hundred bucks, maybe three or four. The handyman here's four or five hundred, but the tenant here's a couple hundred bucks. Mm-hmm. You just call the handyman, they'll fix it and bill me. And that way, when the handyman does it, he knows his schedule. Mm-hmm. He knows when he's going to be in that area, when you know if it's an emergency or not. I, I just get an email from the handyman, did this, here's the pictures, cost this much. Got it. Develop the relationship with your handyman before you, handy people, women, doesn't matter, before you give them that kind of control. For sure. But I'm trying to think of when the last time I got involved in anything. Months. Been a while. Months. Very cool. Very cool. Well, yeah. Very cool. Well, let's start going to questions, folks. Again, remember, this is for you. I'm going to scroll through the texts or text comments and uh, pull out the questions. Uh, let me just give a second here. So, Tom, how you doing? Let me see. Uh, I've been talking. Huh? 
I've been talking to housing authority, waiting on their email, covering all the requirements and inspection process. I'm motivated to help others, but not for the headache. Matt, you've had some fun with Section 8 recently. Uh, why don't you kind of talk about the good and the bad? Um, the good is the checks on the first every month. Or, or early. Or uh, never early. Oh, I get mine. Not for me. Yeah, yeah no, mine's early. My, my, mine are always mine are always on the first, never early. Um, and that's the rest of the good. Um, <laughs> that's the only good. Um, the rest of it, and and again, admittedly, it's my first year, so I'm still learning. I'm not a seasoned yeah. veteran like you guys are with with uh, Section Eight and housing. Um, they they fail it for the slightest of things, and that's fine. We address them quickly. We get them. We let them know that it's been taken care of. Um, the biggest challenge that we've had is that, and I will say this, every housing authority tenant that we've got mm -hmm. was inherited. Yeah. So there is no way on God's green earth that they pass Dion's criteria, Mike's criteria, or my criteria. Right. There is no freaking way. And mm -hmm. so I have told housing, we're going to make some adjustment on these tenants, but I am not going to take the unit away from the program. Of course. Okay. I like that. So, and they've been like, okay, that's great news. And so we're doing it with somebody now that thought that they were being punitive and calling section eight against me. Mm -hmm. um, we had the entire, we had received the entire list. We got the entire list done within one day with one person. It wasn't mm -hmm. a big list. Mm -hmm. um, and then we found out that it was a three bedroom unit and they had a one bedroom voucher. And so they're getting a love note later yep. on this week saying, you have a one bedroom voucher to three bedroom unit. You'll need to find another place. There you go. Uh, Dion, you've done a lot of section eight. What have been your trials, tribulations with the program? A couple of things Matt might not have considered. Go ahead. Rent comes in on the first. That's a bonus, a bonus benefit, yes. right? Yep. Okay. It's a part of a diversification strategy, which has your absolutely from different sources paying you. Mm -hmm. you have that inspector that seems to be a problem until you get everything certified. You have a second set of eyes inspecting your property, which also protects you in insurance claim. Mm -hmm. You have a low turnover rate. I have section eight tenants that in this one that have been there, they were there 26 years when I bought the place mm -hmm. still yeah. there. Right. Yeah. So, they, so, so to yeah. that end though, I actually, that was one of the things I actually talked to that in inspector about and to the housing authority, mm -hmm. the place was disgusting. It yeah. was disgusting. The place. So, so you can disgusting. have a bad tenant that's section eight yeah. and a bad tenant that's not. Absolutely. But here's, here's the way that I view just being you know quite frank about it. I think that the way that I view section eight is I'm participating in a program and that you're not there just to bust my balls about being a landlord. Mm -hmm. You're there to provide the, we're in partnership providing mm -hmm. housing for a service for payment. And I don't want to see reports where all of these issues clearly pre-existed my ownership of the building, number one. Mm -hmm. And number two, and most importantly, it was not one note was left in there about how there was cat feces all over the apartment, about how there was cat barf all over the apartment. There was none of that stuff in there. Right. So if I'm getting the bonus of having a third party see my unit, it's got to cut both ways. So two I things really quick to answer Tom's question. And, yeah. and each housing authority is different. Absolutely. So I've got a county I won't own Section 8 in. I invest in two. Pierce County, Washington, I'm going to flip them off. <laughs> Thurston County, Washington, going to go give them a hug. Like I want yeah. all my units there in Section 8. They're just great to work with. So not to call them out by name, but there's their names. <laughs> <laughs> Little um, I'm not editing that out. It's not on record now. 
Tom, you are waiting for a list they're probably not going to provide you. They're probably not organized to have a list for their inspector to go say, go check for these things. The inspector knows to come and verify that each bedroom qualifies as a bedroom, that every door and window operates safely, every light turns on and off, every safety thing's been looked at. That's not written down anywhere. That's just something they're going to check for. Yeah, the other things you can look at, again, every window must open. If, if there's bars, they have quick release, little things like cracked tile um carpet coming up at the edges i mean it could be that list is written down you can find it on housing.gov you can find yeah, it but their housing authority is not going to have it and not going no. to send it to them so, so true yeah that's what i'm inspected. saying is that you can you can go and get that document because that's the document that all the housing authorities use but Are they based don't have on their that. own copy it's a right. it's it's from it's a, it's from housing so there's the solution for tom don't wait for them yeah. to send an email Go get it. Go get it. Yep. Right. And when you do have your place inspected, they can give you this list of things that you need to fix instead of scheduling a second follow up point that, you know, schedule that works with that inspector's schedule. Mm -hmm. Ask if you can send an email of it with a video of those repairs being made to save you the time. Yeah, that's something that my team has added in the last 18 months or so. Two years ago, they wouldn't accept it. But given COVID and all these other things, that's actually an improvement. Sometimes a picture is good enough. Sometimes a five second video. Uh, is really stream because again why does that matter sometimes they're holding up your check until you've done the repairs so my experience uh, is they've always held up the check you're That's just just my experience yeah so yeah i understand you're 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 gonna you will build your reputation at the housing authority and then they will put you on the good list first assuming you're on the naughty list it's okay it'll happen <laughs> all right so a lot of questions about taxes uh, so guys how do you we'll go to dion first on this one how do you prepare for your taxes how do you take them to your accountant you got a spreadsheet system. How do you track everything? So I'll break this down as simple as possible. With 16 rental units, here's what my system looks like. One checking account, one saving account, one credit card that I pay off daily just used for cash back, one Excel spreadsheet that I share with anybody who emails me, a kindergarten version of it, where there's a tab for income and a tab for expenses. And broken down into the columns that my CPA said I needed to have, which I'll share with you if you email me. Mm -hmm. I send this that to the CPA. I keep all my receipts uh, in a box. I have most of them um, scanned into my email in case I'm somewhere else. I didn't realize that this was a way to store, but it was just because I thought I might be in Thailand. I need to see the receipt. Mm -hmm. um, keep all the receipts. I was audited. It took about four months. And mm -hmm. that was enough. A spreadsheet with the information. They asked for bank records for a certain month to line receipts up with that or whatever. All that's electronic now. Mm -hmm. 20, 30 years ago, it was probably hard to do yourself. Yeah. Now it's like, here's my bank printout. Here's my credit card payout. Mm -hmm. Here's my spreadsheet to send to the CPA. Four month review that I had probably three phone calls during. Yeah, I had a, I had a 13 month detailed audit. Uh, no fun. But yeah, essentially it's the same. Right. There's a word there for me. It's a, uh, I have a worksheet basically folks, there's th something called a schedule E that mm -hmm. landlords use for your taxes that has like 15 or 16 lines on it. Guess what's on my spreadsheet, 15 or 16 lines by month with a total. It's it's yeah, that, that's how I do it. So I do it by property as opposed to one long list. Um, how about you, Matt? Yeah. By property, but that's what the property management system is for. It's help, yeah, helping you yep. now, right? Yeah, Have you had that since day one or when did you switch? Oh, no, 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 no. That was just, um, we, we were, we were Excel spreadsheet set mm -hmm. up just like Dion for yeah. 20 years. It was a credit card, a checking account, a savings account, yep. 
that was done. It. Yeah. And then so, you'll learn, Hey, what gets capitalized versus not. It's just all yeah. learned, just all things you learn, but yeah, it so is we would, not we would that provide hard. that. We would provide to the CPA every year. Now yep. we're working with an EA and now we can actually do the snapshot reports yep. from the property management system, which is just awesome. Cool. Brett's asking about LVP floors, Matt, do you have a, a video on your channel that we can just point him to? We do. Yeah. Um, American flooring corporation out of Vegas. Okay. Um, they, they're usually, they end up being about a buck to a buck and a half a square foot less mm -hmm. um, because they are purely, they literally go manufacture it themselves overseas ships over in container, literally gets dropped off in the container into their warehouse. That's the product that's in there. And then it's just a matter of them taking it off that pallet and putting on a new pallet and shipping it to you. So there's basically no overhead with the warehouse. That's there's awesome. no storefront, there's no retail, there's nothing. So they keep, they do really well just basically keeping their costs really low. So American Flooring Corporation, let them know the lumberjack sent you. And they, they usually do uh, like little packages where they'll send you like five or six samples for free. Cool. Uh, Corey Brunson's basically, I hear this a lot, versions of this. Corey is saying, hey, all the competent property managers now are only doing short-term rentals. I hear other versions of this kind of like Matt's story. Everybody in my market sucks. I got to do it myself. Um, what do you guys, what do you think on that, Matt? We'll go to you first. I mean, I've met, I, I mean, I've met them. I've, you know, what's your process for this? Hate that. What's your process for this? Yep. That's stupid. What's your process for this? Yep. I can see why you guys get screwed. Mm. What's your process for this? What's your, what's your turnover rate for landlords? Yeah. Like exactly. It's it's like 20 and 25%. It's horrible. It's like that means you're bad at this. And it means the other 75% are too lazy to go find somebody else. Yeah. So yeah, for me, it was just process, process, process. Many of these guys that do this, I love what you did, Mike, because mm -hmm. the absolute criteria for me, even having a conversation with a PM is that they own property themselves. Amen to that. Oh, because yeah. it's the same requirement that I have of my attorney. Yes, I exactly. looked for an attorney that owned property himself. Why? Because yeah. I got his lease for free. Number two is if he can't defend his lease in court, he's so fired. <laughs> he's so fired. Exactly. You wrote the lease. You're an attorney. How could it not be the best one out there? You're a landlord. Yeah, I like So it. that's those are two quick tips of how to do that. And yeah, I just, I think that too many people get into the PM business because it's zero financial lift whatsoever. I, uh, yeah, for me again, I fired five PMs yeah. in five years, maybe four and a half years for me. The biggest red flag is it was, it was, and they would, these idiots would say this to me. Oh, I make my money over here. I do PM to keep the lights on. I'm like, really? I'm, I'm the keep the lights on business. Awesome. That's no, yeah. Great. So when you get busy over there, uh, yeah, I didn't like that at all. Yeah. So uh, we'll give this question from Tom to Dion. Uh, hey, I'm passionate about self or positive about self-management. Going to save the 10%, going to put it towards my next purchase. Awesome. But I think I should use Hemlane to help Matt for management discipline. So Dion, you've moved to Hemlane. Uh, what do you think of Tom's question slash point? I think it's a really good move depending on how hands-off you want to be. They have three tiers. What, what I, and I'm doing a video on this pretty soon. I'm going to do a review of Hemlane. I even let Dana know. I'm very sorry. I have a critique. Yeah, good. The critique is you have a branding issue. People yeah. don't know what Hemlane does. Yeah. Like I talked to Becky that made the, the lady landlord group, right? Yeah. And she's interviewed Dana. No clue what Hemlane does. Oh, wow. They have three tiers. 
The first tier is really basic. You can post your rentals on, I think it's 29 or 30 platforms. You can collect rents. They have one where you can schedule your handyman repairs through it, or you can have the, like an Angie's list type of mm-hmm. um, contractors that they will get to do your jobs. Yep. Or you can have the third tier where they will send a leasing agent out. So you don't even have to go and sign the lease with the people. Yeah. So I think the first tier is enough for most people, unless you're literally in another country. Yeah. Or you just have no people skills and don't want to go talk to them, but want to self-manage, maybe then the higher tier. Yeah. For me, tier one is an absolute. And in tier two is, yeah, if you're going to be out of state or you like me, I had a job where I was literally out of the country three weeks a, a month. Yeah. Step up. Uh, so this one's actually art addressed to Dion, but we're going to ask this of Matt because he's got a bigger, longer list. Uh, so Matt, what's the most complicated, difficult thing you've experienced as a self-manager? Currently own a fourplex and tenant just flooded a unit. What's kind of the one below it? Yeah, exactly. Was it theirs <laughs> or the one below it? So what's kind of some of the crazy stories you've seen? Um, oh, dear God. Yeah, uh, there was... I posted it on my channel. It's a minute and a half long video. <laughs> I is, remember that one. That's me walking up the stairs into the unit. Oh, they man. took the hammer to the original 1930s door and the glass. They took a hammer to the refrigerator. They broke off every cabinet, you know, every cabinet door. Um, they broke the, they used the toilet for two weeks and didn't flush. <laughs> they put a, they used a hammer on the base of the bathtub they broke the porcelain sink. So, so they were destructive on purpose. They broke out every window in that I had in the place and ripped the sashes out. So I couldn't even just replace the glass. I had to replace the entire window frame and re- and re- and redo everything. That was the toughest one. And again, inherited tenant, not one of mine, inherited tenant. Yeah. Yeah. So that was the toughest. So Dion, you, you obviously have no tough tenant stories or do you? I'm glad you switched that one over to Matt because I've my very first tenant was has been my only problem. Nah. Like yeah. two, for two reasons. One, I try to be really nice and get along with my tenants. The binder strategy works. And most of the people who know me understand that prison is my retirement plan. It's like the ultimate house hack. So I'm willing yeah. to do whatever it takes. If they do something bad, I don't, you know. But <laughs> my very first tenant moved out of the house, didn't pay the rent, yeah. rented the house to someone Sub, else, sub-letted. collected the rent, had built half a wall, <laughs> uh, painted half a room, uh, and uh, it was because I I had no screening in place whatsoever. Yeah. yeah. That first tenant, I wasn't educated. I had no lease. It was based on a handshake. Figured I'm going to rent to a friend because who can trust a stranger? Yeah, of course. So the mistakes were all mine. Yeah. Yeah. So I've had fires. I've had floods. I've had, I have the hammer story, which was a sublet tenant. I mean, it, it happens to bad people everywhere. Sure. Uh, that's wh- that's why there's rule number five, right? You, you learn and move on. You just try not to repeat those mistakes. So it happens. Um, there's people protecting Matt. We don't, they don't want you to uh, have Dion bully you about retirement. So <laughs> you, have, you have some fans, Matt. It's, it's fine. It's totally fine. <laughs> oh, at Alyssa in the house. I self-managed from 750 miles away. That's now, right. Alyssa, you tell them. Alyssa, you, you need to be on this channel. Cause that sounds, that sounds crazy to me. Uh, but uh, great tenants and system process, awesome handyman. So Alyssa, I'd love to hear more about that. Maybe we can, I'd love to interview on my channel and get that story. It's hard to do. I'm curious. Did you live there before? Did you move? I mean, really it's the network. 
It was Montana to Utah. She actually did an hour long interview on my channel. last. Oh, week. that's awesome. She's so awesome. see, I guess. So, so she did live there. She, she set it up and then she moved. She did. See, she that's did. kind of cheating. It's not cheating. She's still managing them. At no, a but okay. That, you're right. That counts. <laughs> but a lot of people like I'm sitting in Seattle. I'm sitting in Mountain yes. View. I'm going to buy in Ohio. They've never yes. been to Ohio. Different, they don't yeah. know anybody in Ohio. Yes. That's that's a that was what we talked are, about that, earlier. Is that you practice. know it and you get your systems in place and then you move. Then away. you move. Yes. Right. But, but smart from the perspective where she got that, oh, she did that, she set that up. And then she said, Hey, for these reasons, we're moving to Utah. They moved to Utah and it's been she's a genius. She's dialed in. Yeah, I would love to interview Alyssa. Congratulations. I think that's she's awesome. awesome. Yeah, yeah, she's great, awesome. Great work. Uh, Mike, damn, I'm late. It's okay, it's recorded. Uh, Johnny's in the house. How would you go about self-management from a distance? I know people that do it and love control. Two two and a half hours away. Wow. So I'm I'm just trying to think, right? So that's me, right? My market's two and a half hours away. One way. Right. I've been there now 20 some years. I have a phone full of contacts there. I, I wouldn't do, I, maybe I'm spoiled. I just, I wouldn't want to, I don't want the headache. The model model works for you now. You have a model that works. And so I think that, I think that I don't see you ever self-managing. No, (laughs) I don't like people that much. No way. Yeah. But even, but even then, Mike, I think based on what your job was, no, it's you, you, that's why, I mean, you are the absolute case study for why you use a PM. Yeah. Thank you for that. So, uh, Dion, let's just pretend for a minute you were going to do in a market two and a half hours away. What would you do different, if anything, or would that just be a non-starter for you? No, I, I could do it. I could go and invest a thousand miles away. I would dedicate the time, like you say, learn the market. Yeah, get your butt on the plane. Get into the local REI meetups. Get into the Facebook groups. Figure out who the players are. It's kind there. of like Alyssa, right? You've got it. I it works if you spend the time in the market. Yeah. invest the time, meet the people, know, and then leave. You can't go to Thailand and then suddenly I'm going to invest in Nashville, Tennessee. That, that's not going to work. Yeah. So shout out. And, Dion, and Dion can do that. Cause like driving a thousand miles to him is like going to the corner store. Yes. I can go to the gas station. <laughs> He's the there, man for lunch. Like, it's like, yeah, come out and visit. I was like, Dan, it's 2000 miles away. Yeah. I'll probably, yeah. you know, drive I'll be there in a couple of days. Yeah. <laughs> I'd have been there already, but you said we were going to meet in Vegas. So yeah, there yeah. you go. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, Michelle, is this question for you, Dion? Uh, how do you validate they can afford rents? Because again, you said you don't look. Do you ask them? Do you look at payment stubs? I mean, do you you got to look no. at something. Look at the credit score. Look at credit if their score. credit score is above seven hundred, they are. So I could come to you unemployed. Unemployed. I have unemployed tenants. All right. Don't have a job. I would not do that, folks. But hey, that question was for me. I, I, I'm making a prediction here, and I love you, Dion. You're gonna get caught. <laughs> You're going to get got. Yeah. Well, yeah. Right. So you've been got, you said five times with people who have multiples of the rent because situations change. Yeah. People don't let situations change when they've worked hard to get their credit score up. And I love the question. The follow-up question is, well, why wouldn't they just buy a house? Because it takes an income requirement to buy a house. My tenants don't move. Right. Right. They have. And 700 is the number for you. Yes. I, I think I have once or twice with a good story or whatever, but I have a lot of inherited tenants too, where mm. I don't even know what their credit score is or their income. Don't care. Yeah. Here's an interesting question. Uh, be interesting to see what you guys find out. Question. I found out today 
my tenant applied for rental assistance. They missed their first rent. Mm -hmm. Should I go ahead and apply for eviction or work with a tenant? The wife lost her job two months ago. We'll I go can to you. That if you want. Yeah, go for it, Matt. I would contact the tenant, let them know that you're going to work with them through the process, but that you are going to post paper. Yeah. Yeah, for me, it'd be in today's world that rental assistance is the key word because that that wasn't a thing. The reason that you post paper Mm -hmm. is because your clock starts ticking when you post paper. Correct. Number one. Number two, that is the order in which most of these assistant programs handle things. Exactly. Have you been served eviction paperwork yet? The answer for them? Yes. Yeah. Front of the line. So I would tell them, and I've done this. I have actually had the conversation with them. I said, I'm really sorry to hear that. Again, just so you know, the goal is not to get you out. The goal is to actually work with them to get things made right. So mm-hmm. that being said, here's what I'm going to do. Part of our process is we have to post that paperwork on your door. That way you've been served a copy of it. We're mm-hmm. going to follow that process, but I'll still always answer your calls. I'll still fix yeah. anything you need fixed. Of course. What, nothing changes. And just know that I'm going to be working with them because they're going to come to me for a ledger. Of course. And yeah. when they come to me for the ledger, I will release it on the ledger. I will CC you on the email so you know they have it. Yep. That way you can start harassing them on the daily about Perfect. getting paid, getting it paid. Yeah. I we do. The, yeah. You once you have to, in my world, one of the things you can never change for me it's tenant selection we talked about, but also the process for payment. There are no exceptions. Post yeah. all the time. It's otherwise I get I get you know you can be called for you know whatever biases or whatever. Nope. Everybody's treated the same. Dion, did you want to say something or we're good? Well, I, I had very similar. You want to post, you yep. want to start the process, but I asked to be included in the conversation with the place early on. So mm-hmm. I've had tenants uh, during like early 2021 that got two months covered based on they weren't falling behind yet, but they were going to. And they had to, I had to talk with the, the agency and say, yes, if their rent's not on time, they're getting evicted. Like I had mm-hmm. to send an email saying that's my policy across the board, which probably did the same thing of putting them to the front of the line. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so there's comments about group texts. Again, keep them so you can have them whenever you need them. You do need to know your local laws because again, Dion, you can't use them in Seattle. You got to move it to email, but uh, learn that. Yeah. We use that only from a notification perspective. And then just like Dion, we go over to, we'll go over to email. Hey, can I, you know, we have everybody's email. That's one of the things that we get on their app is their email address and their cell phone number. So we have everything queued up. Okay, I'm just scrolling down, getting questions. Section eight question, does it cover your tenants' utilities and what left goes to landlord for rent? Nope, does not. At least not in my state. I don't know of any. Not here either. What was the question? I missed it. Uh, Section eight cover utilities. Uh, And so in my state, it can. Okay. Um, It affects the rate upwards, but we actually, we we were in full experimental mode this last year. We tried it. Yeah. It was a huge, huge loss. We will yeah. not ever do it again. Yeah, I wouldn't either. Go ahead. So, yeah. so an absolutely hypothetical sure. example. Mm-hmm. I don't believe the you. tenant asked if their <clears throat> pet fee and their water bill could be rolled into the rent <laughs> because the counselor suggested if my rent was more and I didn't charge those fees, they would pay that amount. So they're not paying for it hypothetically, my friend. I'm asking for a friend, saying for a friend. So the rent's higher. 
but they're not paying for the utilities. <clears throat> yeah, no. Uh, yeah, no. Yeah, hard, honestly, a hard pass for us. We, I'm data-driven, so hard I'll try pass. anything once. We tried it. It did not work, and it didn't work in one case. It worked in. It didn't work in nine cases. Huh. No, that is not the way we do business. We never had done it before, but in the interest of continuing to push the envelope yeah. and find maybe a better way of doing things, hey, we'll do it. Small data set. The data set says I'm a moron, and we're not going to ever do that again. <laughs> we're not doing that again. I've learned my yeah. lesson. Move on. There's the numbers. The numbers were rule like, number five. Yeah, yeah, rule number five. Learn and move yeah. on. So we'll go to Dion first on this one. Do you think they're like a newbie investor who maybe their long-term plan is to have property management? That's their long-term vision. But do you think there are priceless lessons to be learned by managing the first two, three, or four, Dion? I think it's the way Matt was doing it. Matt was self-managing to learn how to do it. Um, I think you have, you definitely learn things to know what seems fair and reasonable. And it's probably not going to be what you expect. If a property manager sends somebody out to a property to change a light bulb, mm -hmm. it should be at least $35 to $50 yeah. for a light bulb. because if you could reach it, the tenant would be doing it. So you're bringing out a ladder. You have travel time. You have the expense of the light, but you're paying a person their time to get all the way out there, L&I, taxes, on their wages. So when you switch from, I can do this myself, drive out there and put in a $5 LED light on the exterior mm -hmm. or pay $50 for the property management to do it. That's a fair price. Yeah. You have to see all what that's wrapped up in that. Yeah, the full cost. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, Dion, we have a request for your email address. Do you feel like sharing it here or do you want to put it in the comments? I will put it in the comments. So Patty, uh, he's going to put it in the comments for you. Um, what are some of the things self-managing landlords would only know after they acquire a property and start landlording? Matt, you got some thoughts on that? Um, you have a garbage tenant. <laughs> That's, I mean, from a, we, I do the inspection, I do the walkthrough. So it's, there's never any surprises that way. It is, they can be the nicest before I buy the property. And then afterwards, they're just like, here's my list of 10 things. And I was like, well, when we talked before, you said everything was great. Yeah. It's like, these yeah. are the 10 things that don't work. And so they, when I mean, so it, it can be bad tenant and bad landlord, only bad landlord or, or only bad tenant. It For can sure. be any one of the three. And so those are the things that you uncover because the rest of the stuff kind of sits there as it should. Yeah. It is, if you, if you're uncovering things like that are maintenance things, then you miss them in inspection. You weren't thorough. Um, you didn't camera the line. Like how often do we hear that? Right. Oh, yes. You didn't camera the line. And that's like 8,000 bucks. Yep. Camera the line for $200 during the inspection. Don't be cheap. You're making yeah. a massive investment. The biggest in your life. I have Don't made that mistake. That. Yeah. So that sort of stuff. But yeah, I think it's the stuff that you uncover is are, are things where, um, you know, the, the, the tenant isn't who they say they are and mm -hmm. the, and the landlord wasn't who they say they were. Yeah. I can promise you this, if they're selling almost always, it's one or the other. Oh, the landlord sure. was off or the tenant was off. But when they're selling, it's one of the two. Yeah. What I would tell someone is a new landlord is it's very rarely about the building. The house is an inanimate object. It is there. It is there. It's yep. the people because you're in the people business now. You've signed up for that. And then around people is process. Yeah. It's people and process that mo will cause most of your headaches. That's what I would tell someone. Dion? So you learn two things when you become a landlord and you start managing your own properties. The first one is people suck. Yes. Even, even people good people suck. Suck. Yes. So put everything in writing because yes. while you're getting along, you can put it in writing. 
when there's a disagreement, you can't add it to the writing. And then, Mike, you said this, it's people and processes. So for me, it's the 1-100 rule. Mm -hmm. And I probably heard this on a Bigger Pockets episode, so I want to give them credit for this. Treat your tenants, no matter how many you have, like you only have one. Yes. And treat your properties, no matter how many you have, like you have 100. Ooh, have a like system that. to run the properties, but treat your tenant like you only have one. Yep. I like that. I like that. Uh, this was probably for Matt. Let's assume you're, uh, you have, so a, this is for all three of us, really. You have a tenant living, let's call it a house. And okay. you're, you're, I don't know, I, let's see. You're doing some kind of rehab or addition to the house while the tenants are there. Do you give them a discount on rent or accommodation, or do you just wait till it's vacant? Uh, I wait till yeah I don't do I don't do construction when people are living there yeah make it I don't need unless to there's something that they say hey we'd really love so we have uh we have a house that was two beds upstairs one bed downstairs and they said we really would like the other child up with us and I said okay um we had the room to do that because there was a den yeah okay and so I said to them I said okay, I'll do that. And we actually, when we talked about it, I said, okay, we can do that. And I think in this particular case, they were such a good tenant. We took on the cost. Yeah. We were just like, we'll take care of it. Yeah. Thousand. So I, I would, so generally speaking, I wouldn't do any major construction with t people living there. Um, right. I might, I mean, if it, if it's something bad that had to happen, I'd put them in a hotel. I don't want the extra risk. Uh, I mean, for example, sometimes we've had to replace carpet when tenants have been there forever, like I have tenants in units for 20 years, carpet lasts eight to 10. It's a pain in the ass to remove carpet when people are there. I've actually done, Hey, can you, you know, let's, let's, let's make a deal. I'm going to replace your carpet, but can you live with your, you know, go stay with your mom and dad for the weekend or something. You, you gotta be, you gotta be able to work on these things. Yeah. I, uh, I, my general advice is wait for turnover. Yes. Um, uh, question. I have a tenant that does construction. I gave him a $500 discount, but he fixes everything that breaks. They pay on time. I'm afraid to raise rents because it seems valuable to keep him. Advice. Uh, we'll go to you first, Dion. Try to keep it separate. I have a tenant that's an electrician, like a licensed can do everything electrician. So I get some emails from him talking about the shoddy job my electrician did when it went to his unit to fix something. Yeah. Separate that stuff. Yeah. Insurance becomes a thing and, and everything is great right now while everybody's getting along. Yeah, but in man. the future, when something goes wrong and they can reference four years ago, you remember when I did that thing and I went up on the ladder or whatever, I don't want to be in that position. Yep. I think at 500 bucks, you're overpaying. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. We don't, I don't, that's not I don't like know what a the lot. Are, but I'm yeah. guessing that's why I said maybe, I'm guessing he's overpaying. Maybe it's Manhattan. It's five grand. I don't know. But yeah. 500 it. seems like a hell of a discount. It's way too much. That's a lot of broken stuff. It's way too much. Yeah, I would think so. Yeah, I think it's way too um, much. In the instances where there's major repairs, how do you go about collecting damages straight to collections? What's your success rate in collecting after they've moved out, kicked out? Um, I'll probably have to go to Matt on this one. I don't know that Dion's had that bad experience. Just the I one. Missed the, I missed the first part of it. Basically, you have a tenant that did a bunch of damage. It was their damage, not yours. Yeah. You now kicked them out. There's no. a $10,000 bill. Do you bother with collections? Um, small claims court, stuff like that. Small claims court, no. Collections, yes. Okay. So I'll call a collection company and say, is this debt that you want? Yeah. So I have that as well. Um, we Every time we file an eviction and it goes through, we, we end up with a judgment. 
uh, we hand it over to a collection agency. They collect 50%. I get 50%. But every year or so, it, an extra thousand bucks shows up from that. It's, it's yep. not a very high rate, though. No. No, it's very low. But it's funny. I, somebody's going to buy a home like two years ago. They ended up paying it all off because we had a judgment on the record. Sorry. That's the part that matters. Get it on record. Get it on their record. Yep. Because if they do something like fix their life and want to go buy something, then you're going to be compensated. And you also put it, you're also putting something on their record that a future landlord can see. That's more why I do it. That's why I, I do it. Too. I more do it for the future guy because I can take the thousand or two thousand dollar hit. The, the guy, guy who owns one building yeah. cannot. Yeah. <clears throat> what did you do, Matt, with a tenant that destroyed everything with the hammer? Did you call the cops, press charges, file insurance claim, or just eat yes. it? Yes, yes, yes. All of them. Yeah. So yeah. we, uh, well, we had, to, so we had, um, we, we have up to a year to do all the things that we need to do. Mm-hmm. We finished the work. We got a new tenant in there, all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we're putting together the rest of everything to basically go after him for it. Did so, you actually have home insurance though? The I have home insurance. insurance that doesn't cover that stuff. That's what I meant. Yeah. The home, no. They're not reimbursing you. It's not no. in a claim. No, no. It's not in a claim. No. no. Yeah. So I had it happen in my, you know, my hammer story. Uh, that guy actually went to jail that night for his destruction. Um, we we ended up getting a judgment, but that I think he's still in jail for something else. But yeah, it happens. Uh, Dion, don't take my red stapler. I'm not. I guess that's a joke about your shirt. I guess. Yes, for people that have a life and watch movies. Ah, okay. All right. I have no idea what that is. <laughs> exactly. Right. Uh, it's office space. Oh, don't know what that is. All right. Uh, is that a movie or a show or what is it's it? a it's a movie it's okay i don't get the sports ball references yeah exactly. Where you go? there you go all right i'm trying to find some more um and just like anything i'm bridging kingdoms here yeah, exactly yeah. that's why you're the <laughs> smartest of the three amigos you, you can you could go either way it's really funny that's pretty pretty cool. shut up with that <laughs> yeah is i realize talking about it again <laughs> I, re- I realized i came out wrong <laughs> this is the three amigos after dark uh oh here's one that i've dealt with a lot Billing for utilities when they're on one meter. No. Yeah. No. Deal breaker. So yeah, it's now a deal breaker. So I've done this for a, over a decade. Uh, it works when it works, but most of the time it doesn't because one person wants to bitch and complain about the other one. So I still buy these configurations a lot, Yeah. but I will only rent to one family. It's typically multi-generational. I want one. I want one lease per meter. I don't give a rat's ass if there's three structures, four structures, one lease, one bill. I don't want utility <clears throat> bills. I'm not splitting on square footage, on number of people. Too much headache. I don't want it. Never again. I built it into my make ready. It cost me about five thousand bucks to add a meter. Yeah. Yep. Add, well, because you have to add a meter, add a panel. Yep. So there's some work there to be done, but it's, you know, I, I would say that, uh, and, and in New Hampshire, usually we have to add what's called a, a, a tower with a socket with a, uh, with a socket head on it and all. Yeah. It's a bunch of technical stuff, but yeah. Yep. Uh, this is a question from the Ramirez team. Uh, is what percentage do you think it is fair to pay a property manager? Dion, you want to take a stab at that so when your portfolio is small and you're just starting out you're not going to have a lot of leverage or negotiating mm-hmm. power so you're probably going to play cl- pay closer to 10 percent yeah but you can negotiate things like tenant placement tenant flip is it a full month's rent is it a half month's rent is it a flat rate fixed fee which mm-hmm. would be my pre- preference 
as your portfolio scales, you have some negotiating power. But the real answer is going to be just like what sets rents, area average rents. What sets property management fees, area average property management fees in your area. What are all of them kind of coming together to charge? Try to be better than average. Yeah. For me, it's funny. Um, so obviously I started at 10%. I don't pay anywhere close to that. Uh, I would tell you it's not about the percentage. Uh, for me, it's it's about um, the quality, right? I want Again, I want a company that's investing. I want the owner to be an investor. Believe me, there are firms that come to me almost once a month begging for my business. I, I would be half their portfolio. And I'm like, nope. And they're, they're offering stupid rates. I'm like, no, just no, just no, no. not about rates. Um, so currently, while you're looking at the questions really quick, yeah, one of the reasons ahead. why I've avoided property management mm -hmm. is the reviews I get from the investors I know. Yes. Every problem that they have is my property management did this with rent. They did this yes. with screen. They did this. I yes. don't hear tenant complaints from my fellow friend investors. Mm. Yep. So here's a what if, uh, how do you handle an AC going out in the middle of a heat wave? House was only 78 degrees Fahrenheit but tenant's mother called and demanded we buy a tenant personal AC units and put them in a hotel. I didn't. Okay. Um, well, go to you, I guess, Matt. No, don't deal with that headache. No. Dion. Well, so what I, what I, what we have done is um, we have put, so we have, we have a couple of, we have 15 emergency space heaters, oil-based space heaters. And we have a couple yeah, for of emergency you. For yeah. you, a couple emergency, well. a couple emergency air conditioners. So we would provide that for them. Mm -hmm. um, however, stay in a hotel, absolutely not. Dream on. Mm -hmm. Put one in every room, nope, absolutely not. Dream on. And we would just show them the process because if they want to be sticklers and bring me to court over it, mm. I'll show the judge. Here's my timeline for phone calls. Here's who I talk to. Here's, I mean, and you can go right down. And the judge is not unreasonable. They're not no. like, well, you can't get somebody out there to repair it in three hours. It's a heat wave. You're yeah. going to have to wait like everybody else. Wait your turn. Don't. Yeah. Dion, any thoughts on that, Dion? Well, I don't live in Siberia. <laughs> so I don't have to worry about the heat stuff. Yeah. Oil-based heaters, what the hell is that? Bro, and, the 10 degree and, difference. In Washington, nobody knows what a swamp cooler is. Very few people yeah, that rent know. have air conditioning. Some will have the window units that could yeah. use maybe four days a year. We made yeah. it to June. It was June before we had five days above 76 degrees. So air conditioning <laughs> is not a problem here. Yeah. Um, so we, I, uh, so I live in, I invest in Fresno where it gets hot August, like most days are over a hundred. Um, so yeah, we have, uh, we have, a, I think we have five emergency um, room ACs. Like if somebody called in, went out in the middle of the night, uh, it is health and safety, right? We're, we're not talking 78. We're probably in the eighties. It's, it's a health and safety. So we take that stuff seriously. Um, What's that heard? number? What's that number there? What do you mean? Above. So health and safety. I think it's 85. I think I don't quote okay. me on that, but I, I think it was 85. I think, okay. but um, it, there is a number, uh, but we take it all seriously. Again, it's just August is just freaking unbearably hot. Um, so we, we do have these portable ACs. We will use immediately dispatch at night. We have an, an emergency number. Um, I'm trying to think, did we ever put anybody in a hotel? I think we did one time. It was a roof mount AC, eight grand needed to rent a crane, you know, two elderly folks. So we did put somebody in a hotel once that was like 
eight years ago, I think, but yeah, we did do it once that I think, yeah. Uh, Keep looking through the questions. We're asking HELOC questions. That's not this conversation. Keep going. Oh, how would you guys handle rent control laws? Want to talk about that? Live free or die, Matt? Yep. <laughs> they, 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 um, New Hampshire will never do that, ever. It's on the ballot every year, and it gets decimated every year. And if federal did it, then the state of New Hampshire would likely file immediately, and they wouldn't be able to make it like we're implementing it now and it starts today. Yeah, And so they would end up, the Texas, Florida, New Hampshire would all bring them to court in five seconds. Mm. Yeah. It takes so away state sovereignty. What I recommend is knowing your state's local laws, because a lot of people think, oh, there's rent control. I can only raise it this much. Is it an owner-occupied small multifamily? Because then that entire property is exempt in some areas, like Thanks. my friend who invests in Oregon. Yeah. Is it single family house? Is it multifamily? Yeah. That, that, that's what I would watch is... It's not just blanket, here's rent control. A lot of times it's new builds don't get impacted for five years. So that knowing what's actually being impacted. So here's what would change in Washington if rent control happened. Mm -hmm. The binder strategy would be less impactful on a large portfolio, yeah. unless you were house hacking and you knew your local laws. My poor tenants, instead of giving getting a 5% every other year increase, other than 2021, when we had the pandemic stuff, they got they asked for much more. Instead of 5% every other year, they would get the maximum every, every single year. year forced by the government. So yeah. it would be probably at least 10%. Yeah, that's what happened in California. They implemented uh, our king, our king of California implemented rent control. So I used to give rents every other year. Now it's every year or it's a problem. So King Newsom, there you go. Um, Millennial Mike wants to ask Dion a question. You called for lower rates heading into the end of the year. Have you started a flex on Matt and I? <laughs> I I don't know. I, I think the coin teeters sometimes. I still think I called it a bit soon. soon I don't yeah. see the Fed dropping it enough to get because they dropped. They got a four on the front. They're not a three, though. But I, and I'm looking for like a three point five. So if it hits three, nine, three, eight, I still send a dollar. Yeah, but if yeah. it gets close to three, five. Uh, I'll, I'll happily if it dude, if rates get to three, seven, five, I'll pay. That's fine. We'll call it three. So we'll split it right there. Yep, above there that go. or below that. Do, do I hear go. Mike asking if he can get on the bet on Dion's side? <laughs> no. No, I, I, I no, 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 the other Mike, Millennial Mike. No, yeah, no, Millennial no, that's Mike. What I, that's, what, that's what I thought. I thought no. Mike, I thought Millennial Mike wanted to get in and take no. up your stuff. So he wants to put two bucks on the line against you and Mizu. Ooh, I no, I think he just wants to protect his ex cop buddy. And yeah, no, I'm, and I'm just trying to take his dollar, Mike. Yeah, I know you are. You all have guns. I'm not playing for a dollar. <laughs> two would look better hanging back there, Matt, than, than one, right? You all got guns. I'm not playing. There's, I just, just there's only going. nine in this room. There's only nine in this room. I was going to say, Dion, I think you got me beat. I've got five. Oh, you guys. Yeah. Did you uh, see what happened when I emptied my desk out at work? I Mike? did see that. I, yeah, that okay, was good. awesome. Yeah. Was what awesome. I want to know is why'd you have a sword? It looked like a sword. Because he can't. Oh, hide that's it. here. That's that's the angel blade from Supernatural. I, whatever. I, I have, you don't watch movies and shows. So I, I have a, I have a, I have a Claymore. Gosh. Yes. It's a milk it's a for help. Braveheart. Okay. All right. I don't know how to react with that. So we'll just keep going. Um so da, da, da. so lots Who of talk about China. in their office. Wait, sorry, wait. Dude, really? <laughs> nope, no sword. No. 
I should have planted one. Yeah, well, I, I, I take gifts if you really want. Okay. <laughs> uh, oh, uh, when self-managing, do you include gardening maintenance or do you put that on the tenant? Gardening maintenance? Like no. for you, it'd be snow. Lawn, yes. Or so lawn, no, I, lawn, so we, lawn, lawn. We lawn. have lawns here, guys. No, you don't. Don't. <laughs> don't they get frozen away? It's like turkeys. dirt. <laughs> yeah, we have lawns here. So we, we have lawns three seasons. We have snow one season. And so, yes. Okay. So we, we include lawn mowing. We include weed whacking and trimming and that sort of stuff. If there's like a garden where there's like food or vegetables or no tenant can, we allow that actually. Yeah. We have a number of tenants that have little mini gardens at the yeah, place. We I've had a couple. We, we fully, in fact, we actually pay to put those in for them. Oh, we wow. Do, yeah. We, we that, told, I don't do that, but yeah, I, we are all about that. I, I mean, literally it. it's about 500 bucks worth of wooden labor and we're happy yeah. to do it. We know it looks good. It looks right. It's well done. They're going to stay longer. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Happy to do it. Good. Yeah. So having grown up with a family that owns residential tree services, my leases have the eight foot rule. As long as the yards are clearly delineated where this is your fenced off area, or it's very obvious that this is your section, tenants are responsible for everything eight feet or lower. So they do any gardening, they do any lawn, they do any you know shrub maintenance or anything like that. Eight feet or higher, that's me. Yeah. Me My fourplex isn't clearly separated. So I have a service for about 200 bucks a month that goes yeah. and does the lawn. Yeah. But Same the tenants thing. take care of their little section in front of their doors, yeah. like the flowers. Yeah, for me is if yeah, if it's clearly delineated, I put it on the tenant. If it's not, if it's a fourplex 10, 18, or 20, it's it's on me. Uh, and I don't have snow, thankfully. I have heat, but I don't I don't I don't it gets hot in the summer, but no snow. <laughs> Millennial Mike says he's only got four in the room. So he's he's in third place. You got nine, you got five and four. I've people seen that I hang Mike, out with. I've seen Millennial Mike shoot. He only needs one. <laughs> yeah, <right? laughs> he was drawing smiley faces at like 30 feet i was like i could do that at 10 but yeah, well it's awesome. well swat rolls hard that's all i gotta say it does uh let's see claymore's the biggest flex it is it is How the biggest turning flex. to the gun show i mean come on <laughs> yeah i'm living in meditation and zen state <laughs> oh, that's a not small a small arm show here <laughs> <laughs> yeah. i think you forgot to load it i got my right. 50 cows no. <laughs> And this, this is why we only put out those 10 to 15 minutes. Yeah, because we're joking between them. Out. Yeah, you want to see what happens after live shows, everybody? This, this is, is it. Is it right this here. is the problem. And then All Mike's right. like, I got to get out of here. Right. <laughs> yeah. I got to go buy a gun or five of them. Or something. <laughs> All right. So I think I've actually gotten through all the questions. This has been a lot of fun. Um, so let's wrap this up. Dion, uh, first, where can people find you? They're not following you. They need to be. But is self-management worth it? in your opinion, bring us home. There are like having an LLC. There are reasons why having one would make sense. A property manager is the same. If you don't have a backbone to stick to a lease, to, to charge a tenant a late fee, to evict them, to hold them to the written word of the lease, have a property manager. If it's at a distance in a market that you don't know and don't have boots on the ground, have a property manager. But if you like money. <laughs> <laughs> if you like and money. <laughs> and control. I honestly don't see me ever having property management. Where's Where's the mic? I need to drop it. <laughs> right. Thud. Thud. Mic drop. If you like money, yeah. don't drop that mic. I don't want to come fix it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. And then where they can find you? Sorry. 
Right here on YouTube, Dion Talk Financial Freedom. Awesome. And Matt, bring us home. Same questions. Um, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, I think from a, a property management perspective, you're, you're not going to learn nearly as fast. And for me, it was all about expertise. And eventually, maybe someday we'll do property management. I will start a company or I will put people in place that will manage it the, with my processes. Mm -hmm. I think the key is, is that you don't know what you don't know. And if you want to become elite in that area, you have to learn it. You have to do the work. There's no shortcut. It's mm -hmm. just like finding a deal. It's just like anything else. You have to do it, get practice, work the muscle, get good at it. Mm -hmm. And you'll find that it will save you money every single year. It's yeah. also a way to accelerate your growth. No. If I had to pay for a property manager every single one of those years. Now, the sacrifice is time. That's, that is a sacrifice. It just is what it is. But for me, I didn't have kids. I didn't have a wife when I started. And so it was more worth it to me to put that time in, to learn, to accelerate my, my strategy. It was far more worth it to me to take that approach. And, and that's why I did. Yeah. So kind of bringing this home for me, I think self-management, if, it, if it's within driving distance, I think we've yeah. generally agreed an hour is enough. I think there's a lot of upside obviously money as Dion correctly said, but I also think there's lessons learned. Make sure you like it. Mm -hmm. um, nobody's going to do it like you. I think there's a lot of upside to self-management. I do think today layering in some technology or apps to help, whether in Dion's case, it's Hemlane and Matt, you're using door loop. Door loop. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So, and there are others, right? Yep. Sure. Um, I think that's helpful. That's something I didn't have when I started 20 years ago. They didn't exist. Uh, we were literally doing faxes for, you know, and if you're as young as millennial, Mike, you may not know what a fax is. <laughs> it's just, this is piece of paper, you know, it makes a sound anyways. Um, you know, I, it, I do think there's a lot of upside, but I also think the downside is time. I, even, even if I had lived in Fresno, we just moved, you know, we, we, I, I snapped my fingers and home was Fresno versus Mountain View. Given the job I had, I don't don't think I had, I don't think we could have made it work. I I, I don't think we could have. Uh, maybe, but it certainly wouldn't work two and a half hours away. And because again, what did I do? I found a market that worked, and then I built around it. I didn't know Fresno. I didn't know people. So I don't know. At the end of the day, I think self management is an option. I think a lot more people self manage. When I look at the numbers, uh, mom and pop landlords, uh, roughly sixty eight to seventy two percent self manage. So clearly it is very common. Um, so yeah, I think there's a lot of right ways to do it. Uh, don't get yourself in trouble. Um, and then Matt, where can they find you? I don't think you said. Yeah, Lumberjack Landlord on YouTube and on Instagram, as well as my three-hour live stream on Sundays, 11.30 a.m. Eastern time. All right, guys, you two stay here. I'm going to go hopefully turn off the YouTube and then come back to just us on Zoom. We'll see. It, it started okay. Let's see if I can close this thing correctly. If it Let's gets it wrong, don't sue us for what we say after we think it's not recording. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, the jokes are coming. Here we go. Let's see. That was not a joke. Don't sue us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So that's gone.